As a small business owner, your to-do list is long. The Knot makes advertising easy and connects you with the right couples at the right time. Visit vendors.thenot.com slash podcast for 15% off your first month with code podcast15. I think Luke Mele is a creative player, <laughs> but he's like, like 20 points short of being a regular major leaguer. What Patreon reward level would I need to reach for you guys to eat pasta with it with mayo on it like Justin Smoke? Be there a better way to remind the world that baseball needs no clock than to feature 18 hourglass shaped color commentators? Yes! That's right! <laughs> there Stars are a million talented. better ways! <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode number 60 of Artificial Turf Wars. If you want to pretend we're on the West Coast, hit pause and wait exactly three hours. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined tonight by Josh Housem. Josh, how's it going? Not too bad. How about you? I'm a bit grumbly tonight, but I'm sure that'll be <laughs> readily apparent as the podcast continues. <laughs> Uh, so we have, uh, quickly, it was a four and three week. Uh, we have Devin Travis and JP Howell to the DL. Good week from Josh Donaldson, the return of Russell Martin and Nelson Liriano. Uh, the suddenly totally different Luke Maley, which would be fun to talk about. We have your questions and we have three do overs. And honestly, (laughs) I don't even know where to start with that. But where I want to start the podcast is with Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. It is... Uh, www.patreon.com slash turfpod if you are interested in what Patreon is all about it's a way for you to help us uh, make the podcast better by uh, pledging to donate a little bit every month Um, if a bunch of you do that we can get some more cool bonuses uh, and some improvements to the podcast the folks who I would like to thank once again for being there for us already uh, a a thank you to go out to uh, Oscar Jorgen Sandholt Tom Molly. Luke Porterfield, Dino Champlone, and Melissa Dean. And an extra big thank you to go out to Dave Church, Gideon Turk, and Colleen Evans. Uh, we appreciate all your contributions. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being our patrons. And uh, we're going to do our best to put together a good show for you this week. All right. That business has, uh, has been taken care of. Now we have the business of the Blue Jays. Four and three, Josh. Uh, but we're still not going to be able to discuss something. No, I sort of teased it in my final thought at the end of the last podcast. We had a shot. Mm. The Blue Jays came out a little bit flat against New York with, uh, I guess we, we should talk about, for no particular reason, their incredible performance despite the inability to hit with anybody on second or third base. Yeah. So obviously, so we'll we'll go back to the to finishing off the sweep of the Cincinnati in a minute. But in this, from the beginning of the New York series to the first game of Oakland, 0 for 34 with runners in scoring position, which is the longest streak in the history of the franchise. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's not like the ball changes shape when there's a guy or the pitcher gets any better. And did they not have a really good time of it in the Cincinnati series? Yeah, they were like 500 with runners in scoring position. <laughs> and the baseball a... gods have come back to get them. 
it's like get you a plus one like what is that uh did they get a hit with renaissance scoring position last night or no no they did not no they were the whole game without one yes this yeah i don't know i don't know what you chalk that up to like have you ever been on a team that couldn't hit in the clutch uh i've just been on teams that couldn't hit i've never been on teams that just like completely disappeared like that and that's what you would think you would think it would reflect the fact that they they literally could not hit but did they not score seven runs in one of the games against new york without a hit with runners in scoring position that should be damn near impossible well, they're hitting a lot of home runs. I mean, that's pretty much... You know, home runs are good, because if you hit a home run, you're in scoring position at the plate. Precisely. But, that's bad. I mean, they... So, the thing, the funny thing is, it didn't actually cost them either of the New York games. They got blown out in both of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, I guess you could say the second one, because until... Well, we'll get to Jason Grilly later. But uh, <laughs> until that... Uh, it was three nothing. So if they cashed the runners in scoring position, it might have been different pitchers coming in. But they lost the first one twelve to two. Yeah, you can hit all you want with runners in scoring position. <laughs> it's twelve six. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, <laughs> and then they won two of them. Yeah, this is good times. Um, I gotta thank you for one of the uh, bird's eye view guys for going two and two. <laughs> it's like like I had some responsibility for that, but. You know, it's always nice to get a, a shout out from a, a uh, AL East opponents fan. Um, so somewhere in all of that mess, uh, well, you, we can go back to Cincinnati. Do you want to go to Cincinnati or do you want to go to poor Jason Grilly first? I, I left Jason Grilly off the list, by the way, hoping you'd forget about him. There's no way I'd forget about that one. <laughs> um, well, you may as well talk about it since you just brought him up. <laughs> go for it. Four solo home runs in one inning of work. I have never seen that. I remember watching, I think it was James Shields get lit up for four home runs in like four and a third innings of a start. And I thought he had had the worst day of his life. Uh, Jason Grilly don't got it. Do you know how many relievers have pitched one inning and given up four home runs in that inning? Five. Three. <laughs> no, actually, and none of those three pitchers actually made it out of their inning. All three of them lasted two thirds of an inning. But not Jason Grilly. No, he did. He got two outs. Oh, they, they... it went home run, 110 mile an hour line drive out, and then he struck out Aaron Judge, okay, and then he gave up three them. solo bombs in a row. Oh wow! So, I. I don't want uh, things to end badly for Jason Grilly. I don't want that to happen. But I do not, at this point, see any way things can end well. Uh, well, I mean, I, he was starting to pitch a little better, too. But, man, that's bad. But here, here's the thing. The biggest thing for me about Grilly. If he's not better than your fifth best rele- right-handed reliever, which he's not right now, he shouldn't be on the roster because that should be going to a guy who can eat multiple innings. So they're not having to, like in that game the other day, use Danny Barnes or Ryan DePera in the ninth inning just to finish the game. Have a guy like a Mike Bolsinger or a TJ House or whoever, Dominic Leone, who can go two, three innings and just gay to the end and save the other relievers. And we see this all the time with other teams. 
when we do uh when the jays do beat up on the starter or they get ahead late in a game we see a guy come in and he's the you know one reliever we see and then you know if it's in the middle of the series surprising he's not on the roster wasn't it stevenson for the mariners yes stevenson came in did a bang-up job and see you later he was replaced by a guy named stevens which i just wanted to bring up (laughs) mind-blowing it's like did they spell his name wrong in the on the lineup card no no that's a completely different guy (laughs) he picked up one of the s reliever pile (laughs) but anyway every team should have that guy yep and blue jays don't because they have jason grilly yeah and we if i'm not mistaken we were using ryan to pair that way yeah, but, he, but he's earned. He's now the yeah, seventh inning guy. He's proven to be far more valuable than that guy. Uh, I I'm really starting to wonder though. They they put JP Howell on the DL with uh, basic badness, <laughs> shoulder tightness officially. <laughs> uh, with we don't want a DFA Eunice. Um, instead of doing something with Grilly. Yeah, and then well, they brought up Leones for another injury that we'll get to in a second. But so now they at least have someone who can go multiple innings. But I think it, the writing's on the wall. Like once Aaron Sanchez comes back, assuming there are no other pitch injuries in that time, I think both of those guys, Howell and she and uh, Grilly, just have to go. Yeah, Howell. Unless was... they send Biagini to the minors to stay to stay stretched out as a starter or something, but I think they'll put him back in the pen. Yeah, because now. If you want to say you got, you can put Biagini for a couple innings in the pen now, right? You've got him stretched out. If you don't, yeah, want, yeah. And then Danny Barnes can be your guy that you use to finish off a game. I mean, he would. You have enough relievers. You have Barnes, Tapera, sorry, you know, Biagini, Osuna, Smith. Like, you know, there's enough guys there that you can get through enough games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just don't see. And you got Aaron Loop for your lefty specialist. We're all good. Everybody's happy. except for Jason Grilly and JPL who are looking for work possibly (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, thoughts on the Cincinnati series before we move to more orders of business it couldn't have gone better in the sense of I played with Joey Votto so I'm obviously a big fan he hit two bombs but they got swept (laughs) it was perfect Jason won all the games and Votto went deep a couple times yep so individual success and team failure at exactly the right ratio. Uh, I was beginning to wonder if if Cincinnati had any pitchers at all. Because I know as much as the Jays did have a good May, they just wiped the floor with everybody who seemed to come into the game. Okay, the Reds opening day starter was Scott Feldman. Yes. Yes, but uh, <laughs> I heard in the first game about, about Cincinnati's decent bullpen. Yeah, they couldn't get to their clo- their bullpen. <laughs> their good pitchers are their setup and their closers, and they couldn't get to them. So yeah, why can't we have more of that? I don't know. We obviously can't yeah. have. I mean, Rice Iglesias, who is their closer, his ERA is under one. But he's not coming into a game where you're behind. <laughs> or at least he didn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that that made for a very satisfying four and three week. Sort of. It made for the satisfying start to a four and three week. How about that? Yeah, uh, I think that's the better way to put it. Considering how it started, it was a little disappointing the way it ended up. And I hope that's not a metaphor for the Jays' entire season. 
So, Devin Travis, we got to talk about him getting hit on the wrist, which I thought is what we were going to talk about tonight. But Nope. <laughs> but no. <laughs> he got hit so hard on the wrist, it aggravated his knee. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, so this is the same knee injury he's had that he was causing the problems in the offseason and had him slow back at the beginning of the spring. Knocked him out of the playoffs last year. So it was fine. He wasn't even icing it anymore, and it locked up on the plane to Oakland. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that specific detail up till now. Like, yeah, he tried tried to get up at the end of the flight, and it, and it locked up on him, and he thought, oh, I'll just sleep it off, and it'll be fine tomorrow. It's not fine. And he's, he gave, like, a tear-filled injury. He's like, you know, he's playing so well, and then so he has to go down again. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be short-term. No, because the, as you were talking about bone bruise when the term bone bruise first came up, there's no real treatment for that. You can't you can't speed up the healing of a bone bruise. It's going to heal when it heals. So that's really sad. Let's all have a sad moment. Okay. <laughs> so uh, will it be the Ryan Goins Darwin Barney platoon? Or do you think they're going to try and call somebody up from AAA? Well, they went with Leone for at least the short term. I would not be surprised if they try to give someone a shot. I would. I mean, Jason Leblavigian seems like a guy that they should go to. I mean, he plays second base, and he's not on the 40-man, but they can create a spot there, DFA Grilly or Howell or someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't think you can't roll with those guys. Both guy Barney and going suck. And someone's pointing out that this year Barney has actually uh, been worse than Goins with the bat, which is remarkable in and of itself. They've both been terrible. And the funny thing is, they've both also been bad defensively. Like the thing that they're supposed to be great at. Goins has been awful. I mean, he's made a couple of really nice plays, but his range at short has been really, really bad. Now he's back at second where he's better, but he's been not nearly what he was the last couple of years. And Barney, while his overall has been okay, he's still making some bad plays. Yeah. I felt bad for him last night, actually, on that Frisbee grounder. Did you see that one? No, I missed it, but it's I saw you tweet about it. It's the second inning, and... And honestly, the pitch, it it did bend like a Frisbee towards second base. He was moving towards first, and it it skipped towards second somehow. I don't know how. And it it was traveling so much towards center field that... Even Jose Bautista wasn't lined up right for it when he when he fielded it as an outfielder. He was still moving towards center field. I'm like, I don't understand the physics of that. Like that never happens. But that's that's been the the exception. There's been a few times where he's just not got to the ball or been handcuffed, and that's not what you're looking for. No. So yeah, I, I think that they probably going to have to give Levigian a shot I just he's he's hitting so well and they need they need some offense out of that position especially with whatever they're getting in a left field right now oh let's let's not slag on Ezekiel Carrera this week um okay so we've gotten through the worst of it I believe we we get to Josh Donaldson comes back with a vengeance yeah that's definitely not the worst of it <laughs> <laughs> 
four home runs in the last week. Like he, like he never left. Yeah, and I think three of them were game winners. Like he never left. <laughs> uh, yeah, the man is an MVP, and he, he was sorely missed. Yeah, my God. I mean, what a, what a difference it makes having him there instead of Darwin Barney or Chris Coughlin or you know, your third baseman of choice, Russell Martin. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's come back, and it's like it's like he never left. He's just just been tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah, he hit that game winning home run and then he was like, Well, I'm just I'm not quite happy with where I am right now. What do you mean you're not happy with where you are right now? You're hitting bombs. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know. You've got four home runs in the last six games. There's there's not like super bonus home runs you can hit for more. It, it's like once you get the ball over the fence, Josh, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> but okay, whichever. <laughs> uh another return after a brief absence. Uh, it seemed well brief compared to Tulo and Donaldson's absence was Russell Martin. Mm-hmm. He was hitting really well before he uh, had that. Is it arm problem? Is that what we're going to call it? Or neck problem? It's his neck. It's his neck. Okay. He has so many weird ailments. Um, it's still not healed. Apparently it's just better. That's my least favorite thing about baseball players. I'm good enough to play. Okay, most of the time I would agree, uh, I would disagree with that. I would say you need to be, you know, 95 to 100% to play, not 70 to 80%. But I've watched Luke Melee hit. <laughs> you have? Most of us haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we looked this up beforehand, and I'd like to point out some really weird things. I think Luke Melee is a creative player. <laughs> but he's like, like 20 points short of being a regular major leaguer. And at some point, I think when he hit that second home run, that game, someone moved the points into offense. The from, slider? From the slider, <laughs> from defense. And maybe they didn't notice how much it went down on defense. So what is he hitting this week? You told me. Three, 375? With a 375 on base percentage. Well, no walks. That's fine. And uh, what? 563 slug? slugging. Hey, man. That's an OPS well over 900. Yes, it is. So, he's a 900 OPS guy this week. Unfortunately, I've watched two throws at second base be questionable is a generous way to put it. <laughs> uh, he almost threw one into... errors on both of them? Uh, no, he just... Uh, only on one, I believe. One was the, oh. uh, the one almost into left field that Devin Travis was diving more or less towards first base, had no chance of making a tag. And then the other one was completely airmailed into center. I mean, like three feet over the head of the guy backing up second base. I don't know what that was at all. He did throw a guy out. How slow was that guy? No, it was actually a good throw. He actually, oh, okay. he actually made he actually made a good throw. Like, it's funny, we're talking about this, like his perfect throws. We're talking... Yeah. <laughs> He, he was throwing and, and catching great, and he couldn't hit. And like you said, they switched the sliders. <laughs> they decided to want some offense. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been so good lately for him. Um, it's a lot of pressure playing every day, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I was just – I was I was like, this is is this really the same guy? Well, whichever. <laughs> um, 
we, we probably have a swing and a drive coming up in the next couple of weeks because uh, we do uh, we do want to have someone on to play that. I do have some Luke Melee clips, and Buck isn't even sure what to make out of a Luke Melee fly ball. <laughs> so, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> so, I believe this is... Uh, we've got Liriano left? Because Liriano was the other guy who came back, who I, we haven't mentioned. Yep. That was good news. It was very good news. Hit the ground running. Yeah, he did. He was really, really good. He only gave up two runs in the sixth when he was, you know, at his pitch limit, and he was start his velocity dropped like two miles an hour in that inning. He was a little tired because he only had the one rehab outing. He was great, and his velocity was higher than it's been all season, which Ooh. was also great. I, I wrote a little piece on this. Like I said, I like to talk about my pieces on here. It's the only thing I do. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, but his velocity was better. It was. It had been trending down heavily as he got towards his injury. So maybe he was injured before his last start. Um, but it spiked back up. and It didn't get all the way back to what it's been. And he's still only topping out at like 95 miles an hour, but where he's normally like 97 or so. But he's still building arm strength. So it was a very, very encouraging start. Yep. And uh, the breaking stuff was working. It was fooling people, which is always yeah. Key. Two walks in five plus, which for Lariano is fine. <laughs> yeah, well, you st- how many did he strike out? Five, I believe it was. So as long as you're you're above that classic two to one ratio, not the new school three to one ratio, I think I think Liriano's fine. <laughs> people tend not to make too much hard contact. Tend not to. Yeah. No, he was really good. So hooray, welcome back. Yeah. So we got two guys down and two guys back. That's about right for a week I think it's <laughs> that's the saddest team ever uh, as long as the people going on the DL equal the number of people coming off everything's good that's what we expect <laughs> uh, we have questions we had a few uh, just before we do I just want to talk about Joe B. Genie's start too sure um, he went seven innings and none of the runs he gave up should have scored there was the two unearned runs in the first, I believe it was, because Tulowitzki made an error, which, you know, that happens. It shouldn't doesn't happen much, though. And then the third one scored because Darwin Barney's not a left fielder. <laughs> I mean, but he went seven innings with, with one earned run, which really wasn't earned, against the Yankees. And his ground ball rate is higher than Marcus Stroman's. He looks like a big league starter. And it's going to be really interesting if and when Aaron Sanchez gets back what they do with them. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do? We did have this question on the pod last week, didn't we? More or less. Who goes back? Oh, you, you know what we did? We did talk about that. So we don't need to re- rehash that, but it's It doesn't get any really easier when Biagini has another good start. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, I didn't expect this, though. I mean, I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be this good. You're going to need somebody to fill some rotation slots next year, so be thankful he's this good. <laughs> we have uh, questions, which means I get to play this thing that tells us we have questions. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Oh, my... <laughs> 
<laughs> Almost. Oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to stop it. I tried to stop it, and it didn't stop. <laughs> oh, this studio, man, with the millions of dollars of equipment I have in it, it's surprising it hasn't really panned out every single time. <laughs> Uh, your donation helps. Um. <laughs> Fitting thing. First question from Brian A. at Big DSR. What Patreon reward level would I need to reach for you guys to eat pasta with it with mayo on it, like Justin Smoke? Um, you know, if you gave us twenty dollars a month, I think I would have pasta with mayo on it. Uh, yeah, I could probably do it for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we need to film it or whatever, we need to film it. I know you. The audio probably wouldn't wouldn't really capture it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah this is mayo sure <laughs> <laughs> you must maintain that level for three months as with most of our patreon rewards. <laughs> uh luke at split letters asks when is someone going to stop ryan goen's voodoo doll and its reign of terror surely something must be done would it, su- <laughs> would it surprise me in the least to learn that he had joe inglet's locker no it would not <laughs> did he <laughs> I don't Do you know? know. No, I, I don't know. He's like, yeah, Joe's like, all right, my time's done, Ryan. I got a little trick for you. Well, you you got to know that actually Mike McCoy would have been the middle guy, right? Oh, true, true. <laughs> These tiny no-hit middle infielders that share the secret for staying in the bigs. There might be something there. Let's let's in- the I team investigates. Uh, <laughs> we got to get an I team investigates drop ready for. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like you know, like you mentioned with those guys, just never seem to disappear. Ryan Goins. Every time it looks like his his time might be running short. Oh, another injury. To be fair, most of the time, Inglet and McCoy actually got optioned somewhere. Like there was paperwork filled out. Goins just he's stabbing that thing (laughs) before that even comes up. But he got option last year, so it's like, okay, the, the magic is running out, but he's out of options now, so it's like, it's just full of pins. <laughs> oh, what do we got next? Uh, from Quinn Sweetser. Of the following, which annoys you the most? Goins Defenders, Tabler, Zahn, or My Dumb Questions? Thoughtful of him to include the my dumb questions part, though I I must confess that the questions are nowhere as near as annoying as the three other things. Uh, mm-hmm. I can ignore Goins defenders. I can. I'm not actually that annoyed by Tabler, in the sense that I'm ever offended by Tabler. I'm just I'm disappointed. So Zon is my pick for most annoying. As much as I can mute Zon, he just I look at his face and I'm like I know what you're gonna say and I'm not gonna like it. Hmm. See, for me, it's I, I can not listen to Zahn pretty easily. But if I'm listening, if I'm watching the game, I have to hear Tabler. And it's just like, oh, God, he adds nothing to the broadcast. Nothing. If it was just Buck by himself, it would be better. And that's saying something. <laughs> I agree, because it, it is the same cliched platitudes over and over and over again. And sometimes... While he's cliching his way through whatever, he uh, he just plain isn't factual. He just makes some stuff up to fill time. But yeah, Zahn is still more offensive to me. If the 20... Oh, this is from Zaheer at Zeroid. Uh, if the 25-man roster played in a Mario Kart tournament, whom do you think would emerge victorious? 
Ooh. I think it's coins. <laughs> he uses voodoo magic on the video game too. I'm sure he'd be getting all of whatever shell it is that that even if you're in first place, it kills you. The blue shell. The blue shell. I'm sure. I'm sure his cart is full of blue shells. Uh, <laughs> who was it who had one of the remote control cars? I know, like Alex Rios did, but didn't wasn't someone running one of those around last year? Maybe that was Encarnacion. I don't remember that, sorry. I feel like anybody who can master a remote control real car would do okay at Mario Kart. No, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I'm with you. Ryan Goins is my guy, because he seems to be have the cheat codes enabled. All right. I'm going to give you the first crack at this one, because we have to talk about this on the podcast. We establishes the rules. <laughs> this comes in from Willie Mace Hayes. <laughs> At Primo Pasta. I spelled <laughs> Willie wrong, but that's we'll, we'll forgive it. That's okay. Favorite quotes from Major League. Uh, Go. Uh, are you saying Jesus can't hit a curveball? <laughs> that's definitely a good one. My one of my favorite moments is the one like near the beginning when Lou uh, Charlie like, Charlie the GM calls up Lou Brown. It's like, how'd you like to manage the Indians? Like, gee, I don't know. <laughs> Let me get back to you, will you, Charlie? I got another guy on the line about some white walls. <laughs> entire world it's just so ridiculous but i just love the entire lou brown character he's the best character in any baseball movie the very first joke in the movie may be my favorite joke in the movie i here's a bunch of players i want to sign up for the team this guy's dead well then take <laughs> him off the list <laughs> uh. yeah there's like a million so uh, have you seen the original planned ending for that film Yes, the well, I've read about it. She is actually the whole time trying to motivate them to get them together to gel as a team so they win the pennant. Yeah, and she's basically doing Moneyball, They're getting all these players with talent that are you know, but flawed, so that uh, she invented Moneyball, like <laughs> the idea of getting flawed players that the market's undervaluing. <laughs> Yeah, except everybody in the test audiences hated that because she'd been built up as such a horrible person for the whole movie. It was There was no vindication in finding out she was really a good person. Oh, it didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit, but it's just really funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the... I, I don't know if it's a secret per se, but it's one of the things that you don't think about at all when you're watching that movie because everything is makes so much sense the way it goes. Except for maybe... Uh, Charlie Sheen's character getting slugged on the mound in the middle of a game, but <laughs> everything no. else makes sense. He doesn't get punched in the middle of the game. Oh, was it right after the game? It's right after the game. Right after the game. He thinks yeah. he's going to get punched during the game, but it's in the celebration <laughs> that Dorn knocks him out or knocks him down. Uh, if you haven't watched Major League and you're still listening to this podcast, I have no idea what you're thinking. Go uh, watch it. That's all we got. It. If you have not seen Major League, go watch Major League. If you're a baseball fan enough to listen to us idiots talk for 45 <laughs> minutes a week, you need to watch Major League. Uh, and not Major League 2 or back... No, no the original. Major League. Charlie Major Sheen, League 2 has its moments, but yeah. definitely the first one. Wesley Snipes. Uh, Corbin Burnson, strangely. And what, Tom... Who's the catcher? Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. I'm like, I got the wrong last name. Me with a name wrong? Imagine that. Uh, does that conclude <laughs> all of our questions? It does. And now, uh, what is surprisingly probably going to be the longest do-over segment we've ever done. 
Duh. <laughs> it, it almost worked before. God, did he really just say that? But we can try again, right? You talking about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a f***ing do-over? We believe in second chances. Yeah, um, do I get a do-over on my audio? <laughs> We've got enough do-overs. Three is our okay. max. <laughs> Three is our max. Shall we begin in the minor leagues and work our way up? I like that plan. All right, so a minor league team... And I have it up here because... The Ogden Rapper, Raptors. The Ogden Raptors decided to have Hourglass Appreciation Night. I do not believe there were any timepieces <laughs> in Hourglass Appreciation Night. Said promotion included a picture of three women in bikini slash... Well, an illustration of three women in bikini slash bra tops. So I'm, I'm going to read the original release. Please do. So after they say we're proud to mention the home team hosts the Billing Mustangs, but the real thoroughbreds will join Raptors broadcaster AP Harold in the booth. Since August is the eighth month of the calendar year and an eight looks tantalizingly similar to an hourglass. Be there a better way to remind the world that baseball needs no clock than to feature 18 hourglass shaped color commentators? Yes, that's right. <laughs> There Stars are a million talented. better ways. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> but yes, that's right. Star's talent studio of Salt Lake City will provide a different stunner each half inning, and the Raptors video will <laughs> will video stream the broadcast booth. Well, at least a better looking half of it. Ugh. All I want to go is no, no, <laughs> no. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> what, it was so tone deaf. Like, what are you thinking with that one? And... <laughs> Did you see that they, their apology? Yes. What did you What did you like least about their apology? <laughs> well, it was just the clear garbage aspect of it. <laughs> the Ogden rappers regret that an unauthorized press release was disseminated over the weekend announcing a promotion that was not approved or scheduled by the club. Bull. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. We just we managed to get. All the way to announcing it on the internet and having flyers and uh, and having it go wild. Oh, that wasn't a real promotion. That was that was something else that we just yeah, like someone what had a sketchbook and mistakenly sent it out on the internet, like oh, on our website. And nobody noticed what. <laughs> it's really really bad. All around, just bad. So, yeah, okay, first of all, women are not pieces of meat, obviously, to be compared to, because they're hourglass shit, like, I don't even know where to start with that. Second of all, you're filming in the broadcast booth so men can ogle them, why would you do that? It's a baseball game, I'd like to watch the baseball game, I don't think that kind of content has any relevance at all. It's... Oh, so do over like what do we want you to do over like <laughs> I haven't even thought that far about it just like really sit down and say okay is this a good idea <laughs> have one person who's not affiliated with the team is this a good idea and when the answer is obviously no 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 cancel the idea and then go give your heads a serious shake because you came up with it in the first place uh yeah okay 
feel free to drop by the show and and do that um i have one minute of audio for do-over number two and i please bear with me for the entire one minute of mike schmidt trying to explain himself on the radio and not helping his cause okay i'm, I'm curious when you look at a double because that is definitely not the kind sorry one question though is his name a double is that is that really how you pronounce it I actually don't know if it's Odubel or Odubel, so I, but I, I assume okay. that's actually correct. All right. And a play you were. He's a rather undisciplined. Uh, almost the almost exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah. So when you see that, is that a guy you can build a team around? Like, what do you see? How do you project him down the road, Mike? My, uh, my honest answer to that would be no, um, because uh, of a couple of things. First of all, it's a language barrier. Um, and, you know, because of that, I think he can't be a guy that would, uh, you know, sort of sit in a circle with, uh, you know, uh, four or five American players and talk about the game, you know, or, or, you know, try and learn about the game or discuss the inner workings of the game, you know, or, or come over to a guy and say, uh, man, you got to run that ball out, you know, or uh, some, you know, just just can't be because of the language barrier uh, that kind of a player. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good <laughs> players whose first language is in English who have been leaders of championship teams. Yep. Oof. Oof. Like, really, 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 really stupid thing to say. Like, okay. Now, in fairness to Schmidt, he did later on and say, like, look, yeah, I think he's a very good player and. You know, I could bat one, two on a championship team. And I don't, and I agree with him. Herrera is not a guy you'd build a team, a championship team around, but not because of the language he speaks. No. And, and to, okay. The other really, really implicitly racist thing is that somehow he doesn't understand the game very well. Like what? <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. On a team that is actually, quite multicultural there's 10 players who don't have english as their first language on the phillies roster right now and from what i understand their minor league system is loaded with talent that is not american born um why would you assume that herrera can't understand or explain the game yeah especially because he can speak english No, he's not. He's not good at English. Just like Edwin Encarnacion was not good at English, or at least not comfortable speaking English in front of reporters, because it's not their first language. But it doesn't matter. These guys all know how to communicate with their teammates, and they know how to play baseball. Yeah, it, it's just like Mike. Like, just shut up, Mike. I mean, Mike. He he called into the radio station too. And the funny thing is, the, the interview that we just played it started with this thing where he's it's basically a foundation for like skin cancer research and trying to get ballparks to put in. You know, like places to get people out of the sun when he's get, you know, which is great. This great thing he's trying to do to help people, and then he just devolved <laughs> into that. It's like, oh my god, you should have stopped talking at the eight minute mark of the interview, Mike. Well, he revealed himself to be full of Schmidt. Huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't got that noise out of you in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, so Mike, if you'd like to come back, uh, apparently he has apologized directly to uh, Otubel. 
Um, I think you should just apologize to Philadelphia in general. It's like it was not helpful. Nothing, nothing you said could possibly have been helpful. That's the other thing. Would you build a Would you build a championship team around this guy? No, I don't think he's a generational talent. No, I don't think he's old enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the thing. So later in the interview, he goes like he starts making sense. Like just like he should have started at this point. He's like, <laughs> I think it needs to be, you know, guys like Roy holiday or, or unless it's someone else. I can't remember who it was. They're like, like perennial all-stars. Yeah. So with that, fine. Like, <laughs> like that makes sense. And he mentioned like Herrera has some inconsistencies in the field. Great. Don't start with his language. Well, yeah. Stick to facts. How about that? Oh. But not to be outdone. <laughs> We have Jerry Remy commentating uh, in a game versus the Yankees. That was a relatively quick conversation. Larry Rothschild along with the translator. Oh, that's what it was. The train. I had that wrong. I thought I thought it was the trainer going out there, but I forgot what Tanaka they take out a translator. I don't think that should be legal. Yeah. Seriously, I, I I really don't. Jackie Bradley, all for one. What is it you don't like about that? The, what's missing there is him going, "You racist, old, ignorant." F but uh, you know, it's implied. <laughs> yeah. Um, learn baseball language. You know, learn. Uh, you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's you, you break it down pretty easy between pitching coach and, and pitcher after a long period of time. <laughs> the pauses. <laughs> it's still I going. I would say that probably, you know, they're concerned about nuance being lost in some of these conversations. So there, that pause had to be three or four seconds of how do I bail Jerry Remy out from his complete idiocy? <laughs> I think that's all it was. And he didn't come I up hadn't with heard this. <laughs> I hadn't heard this until you played it. Until you sent it. Um, like two guys going off of the language. Like, wow. <laughs> Baseball. And, <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically what I was talking about. Like, I guarantee you Tanaka can speak well enough to his teammates. But when translation is so important... And the words are important. They don't want to speak in a non-native language. How is that hard to understand? It's it's not hard to understand. So there's two issues here that I take. Neither of those guys thought that anybody should make an effort to either learn Japanese or Spanish if they were going to bring that guy on the team. Yeah, it's up for them to learn the language of baseball or whatever. Crap whatever that said. means. Well, if it's really simple and there's only like 10 words you need to know, why not learn those words in Japanese and talk to Tanaka in Japanese and it's easier? I it's, bet you they have. Yeah. Number two, I'm just as an example, if someone was deaf and they played baseball, and remember that that's the only reason we have umpire signs, funny story, um, is that there was a deaf player way back when who couldn't tell what was going on. Would you would you object to people speaking to him in sign language? Would you object to him wanting to communicate that way? He has to speak the language of baseball, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Which they specifically changed just so the deaf player could understand what was going on. God, 
Would it be hard to accommodate? Oh, wait, we're already accommodating, and you want to take a step backwards, which hurts nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, what is the complaint? Is it that, like, I, I can't even think of a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> they might understand is the guy too well. there, like, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. He's going to impart special extra wisdom. Um, <laughs> is the other guy out there giving him, like, a nail file while the pitching coach is talking? So he can... I mean, I, I can't understand. I can't even try to fathom a real reason why someone would have a problem with it. Okay. So, yeah. Cheers to ignorance. If either Jerry Remy or Mike Schmidt would like to appear and tell us why you wouldn't want to help out someone who, you know, had a barrier to playing baseball, I have, please come on the show. We'd love to hear your reasoning. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty much the depths. <laughs> Uh, if anybody was thinking of doing something really stupid this week and wanted to appear on the do-over, uh, I invite you now. You can take a break. You can take a week off. We can have no do-over segment at all. It's fine with me. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> it's been pretty bad lately. Oh, okay. That all said, I believe we're at the part where we uh, have final thoughts. Do you have a final thought? I do. So, this happened, just finished happening as we started recording. Scooter Jeanette, today, entered the game with three home runs. He increased his home runs total by 133%. He hit four home runs tonight? Scooter Jeanette hit four home <laughs> runs in a game. It was his first four home run week. You know... I, I, I'm happy for him. But when that happens, do you ever feel it like it sullies one of those? Like when Philip Humber throws a perfect game, do you feel like it sullies the <laughs> or Dallas Braden <laughs> or Dallas Braden? Yeah, <laughs> the sort of the special moment that that usually comes with one of those records, like Carlos Delgado, Josh Hamilton. Uh, I don't even know all the everyone else guys. on the list is at least something of a power hitter. Yeah. Pat Seary was probably the least, but he had the 29 home run season on his record. <laughs> I, 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 less so with the perfect game, because that's a little bit fluky, guys just hitting balls at people. This is all you if you're hitting the four home runs. <laughs> it's unreal. So uh, adding Scooter Jeanette, a guy whose nickname comes after a Muppets character, <laughs> to the list. <laughs> a little bit. Next down a little bit. Oh... <laughs> uh, you watch tomorrow scooter Jeanette launch angle will be the most most baseball search ever um, <laughs> 10 rbis too second most rbi in a four homer game i Behind will hard hit mark witten hard hitting witten at least you could rhyme that out to make sense uh my final thought is also going to be about home runs uh albert pujols hit his 600th home run this week and i don't think anybody really noticed and I don't know what that means for baseball. Because I, I understand Albert Pujols is a Hall of Famer. But it's almost like something happened to those counting numbers. Because it, it used to be sort of must watch for 3,000 hits and for Hall of Famers to reach these major milestones. And this time it wasn't. 
Like I, there was a countdown on MLB.com, but it's it did not make headlines anywhere. So I'm curious to know the next guy who comes up on a, on a major milestone like that, um, how that's going to affect things and why would, it got eclipsed. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of that had to do with the fact that the Angels are terrible and Pujols isn't any good anymore. Like if you look at the last guys to get there, they were still going. I mean, Jim Tomey was not Jim Tomey anymore, but he wasn't. He hadn't fallen off a cliff the way Pujols did. But I mean, A Rod kind of limped into six hundred. No, A Rod linked. A Rod hit six hundred when he was still good. But he's okay. also A Rod. I mean, everything A yeah. Rod did was magnified by a thousand times. Sammy Sosa, same same thing. They have the steroid questions, and I think that was a big part of it. People not wanting them to get to these milestones. Yeah, but you can't say that about Pujols, right? Because. But I'm saying, so it wasn't as yeah. much of a story. It's just like, oh, he's the next guy. Yeah. So, so uh, which what? here's a question for you though. Which one sounds better? He was the ninth guy to ever hit 600 home runs, or he has the ninth most home runs. It's the latter for sure, and he had that the day before. <laughs> right, at 599. Yeah. So, uh, just one more thing I wanted to say with my final nut, but I didn't get to get it out. The following players have never hit four home runs in a game: Babe Ruth, <laughs> Hank Aaron. Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. <laughs> Player who did? Scooter Jeanette. Well, leave you with that. Uh, that <laughs> means that uh, I have been uh, Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010, and you have been Josh Housem at Joshua Housem, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 60, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.